0: Welcome to Leaders Recon, where we discuss leadership, warrior skills, and other unique opportunities within the G3 leader development branch. I'm your host, Joshua Carr, and today we're going to be discussing the spirit of competition within the Army National Guard with Lieutenant Colonel Brian Deaton and Staff Sergeant Friedland. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me. Thank you. So I know, sir, you've had a ton of experience, both as an enlisted soldier in the active component and then as an officer now. but. Uh, Battalion commander at the Warrior Training Center, and then Sergeant Friedland, you've won multiple competitions as uh, the best warrior competition and the best ranger competition here in 2016. So, you know, I guess before we get into the nuts and bolts of the spirit of competition and some of these, you know, more phys- philosophical discussion, you know, what is a fun, unusual fact about you, sir? So, I, I've
1: used my powers of persuasion as a commander to to influence my wife, actually, so to. To join me in uh, in three gun competitions uh, in our in our civilian life, so okay. uh, I've I've done three gun competitions now for a couple of years, and I've I've gotten her involved, and we just recently she shot her first multi day three gun competition with me, the Hesco uh, the HUS, Hesco armored zombie apocalypse invitational in West Virginia. So we both did very well, and I'm very proud proud of her for for finishing two days of a patrol three gun competition killing zombies in West Virginia.
0: So what I want to know, you said invitational. So, how do I get invited to I a zombie three gun you. competition?
1: I can't tell you. It's uh, it's my invite only. So. <laughs> okay. So,
0: Sir Friedland, what about you?
2: Um, I guess being in the National Guard, I've had the opportunity to compete in uh, the best warrior competition and the best ranger competition. Been successful in those. Um, I also have a, a wife. We've got two kids with another one on the way. So, been busy.
0: Well, congrats on that. Thanks. Now. Talking about you competed in the best wear or best ranger competition you mentioned in 2016. You actually won that competition, correct?
2: Yes, uh, Major um, Robert Killian and I, we were partners that year, and we were the first National Guard team uh, to win the competition in its 33-year history at that time. It's pretty
0: impressive feat. Yeah, thank you. And sir, when you competed in competition, was that you? You mentioned you were an enlisted soldier previously. Were you uh, active duty military when you competed, or were you on the guard side, or how did that?
1: I was so I was active duty military as a staff sergeant uh, at the time a ranger instructor in the Florida phase of ranger school down at uh, Eglin Air Force Base Uh, So uh, I did had the same partner two years in a row in 98 uh, We finished ninth as a team in our rookie year and we we finished second in 1999 Um, So, uh, you know the the first the first loser if you will um, Chase chasing that uh, those those Colt pistols
0: so speaking of that the um after you, went, after you spent some time as an enlisted soldier, you conferred the guard, and then you went on to command the Warrior Training Center, right, which kind of, they host the, the train up for the, the National Guard soldiers to do.
1: They did. So I've actually commanded at two levels at the Warrior Training Center. I was the Alpha Company commander, which does the running training assessment course in mm-hmm. um, uh, 2009 through 2011. And uh, it's actually during my tenure as Alph company commander that we began the Army National Guard Best Ranger selection and train-up period okay. uh, that uh, later produced uh, the winner in 2016 and uh, many other great great finishes from other teams. Um, but uh, and then I was able to have the fortunate uh, uh, the fortunate luck to come back as a as a battalion commander in 2017 through 19 uh, and uh, was was able to kind of uh, see the. The next level of uh, competitive preparation that the Warrior Training Center uh, now does for Army National Guard soldiers for for all types of competitions across the Army.
0: So, speaking of that competition mindset, like you 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 competed, you helped run programs to train people to compete, and then the same thing with you, Sergeant Friedland. Like, what you know, what is it that drives the mindset, the competitive mindset behind? individuals as they're getting ready to prepare to to uh, in- enter a competition. You know what I mean? Like what is the driving mindset there? I know that we see we see competition between between branches, right? It's like go army, be navy. You have the like friendly competition that occurs between even like your specialties within the within the army. You know, I guess we see that all over what well, you know, what are some of those factors that drive that competition from your perspective? You know, now it's the chief of leader development.
1: Well, actually, I'd, I'd defer to Sergeant Freeline as a more recent competitor and um, in, in, in the best ranger competition and others. I'd, I'd defer to him.
2: I'd say, um, like we talked about in the other uh, podcast, there is an individual drive to be better, uh, to try, uh, again, be more lethal, that readiness level. But then at these competitions, um, you are an individual but you're representing more like when we won for uh, best ranger we were representing the army national guard when i competed at the NCO of the year it was NCO of the year representing the army national guard um so that's where you get that esprit of corps that pride in your organization um and you realize you have a lot of people uh rooting for you looking up to you looking for you to do well because you hopefully will um Shine that organization in a good light. Uh, like for Best Ranger, we helped show, like, hey, we're competing against active duty units. Um, we have to be on the same level as them. We're not just weekend warriors. We're there are National Guard soldiers trying to get on the same level um, to maintain that lethality, readiness. Right? Same thing with the Best Warrior competitions. We're just trying to show that the Guard is capable of doing the same things, and you know, trying to get rid of that mindset of the weekend warrior.
1: So, and I would agree with that. I mean, the and. Speaking from my days competing uh, for best ranger, and then later on the personal side in triathlons and, and other competitive sports, you you have a personal drive, uh, but that that quickly for for success and you want to that accolade or that honor, but that that quickly fades into the the what you've called the spirit of competition, where you, the camaraderie you build amongst the the competitors, even though. You, one you are each trying to outdo the next um, the, the, that the competitive spirit across the uh, That the brotherhood or sisterhood of competitors uh, actually makes it even more rewarding um, There and then as you go on that that relationship you've built with with uh, either your active component counterparts or, or others in uh, in the uh, in the community uh, and and the, another relationship you've built that to bridge those gaps
0: so you brought up a really good point about like the collective sir, and that's one thing I know you were a ranger instructor for a while and then we've all been to ranger school. I for me, like I feel like I experienced a big shift when like rap week I felt like was all about me as an individual. Like could I meet, you know, task condition standards for whatever the events were. And then as soon as it as soon as we turned over into Darby and, and the beginning of Ranger School, it became all about the team and all about this the squad like spirit of cooperation and I guess from your perspective on this you know how do how do you start to balance you know you have this competitive spirit right but then also like the cooperative effort that that is required to make a cohesive team
1: so <clears throat> I would uh, I would explain this similar to how we established the the best ranger train up program at the warrior training center for the Army Guard so when you you bring High-performing ranger qualified soldiers together, uh, and I know we're, we're talking a lot about the, the best ranger competition, but the Warrior Training Center and the Army Guard writ large uh, competes in, in multiple different uh, events, including uh, the best scout squad, which is the, uh, the Ganey Cup, you know, the Sullivan Cup, which gives the bank best tank crew, uh, and, and there are others. But you initially have to identify individual skills and, and, and uh, capabilities so that competition uh, for selection is very individualistic. But after those, those competitors uh, and those are selected, we start forming the team. So the, you start building that camaraderie between competitors and then as it moves forward um, into that competition itself, uh, you, you, you still have that, that individual competitive nature, but uh, as you have a shared sacrifice, a shared experience that's, that's both physically and mentally challenging, you find that there, you start building uh, the bonds of camaraderie, even amongst your, your, your fellow competitors. Uh, and that translates directly into uh, military um, team development writ large. Uh, shared experiences with shared hardships uh, for soldiers in a unit uh, create that, that camaraderie bond that uh, even though everyone in the unit wants to be the best they can, they're they're looking out for the collective uh, the collective betterment of the organization.
0: And then yeah, have you have you experienced some of that, Sergeant Friedland? I know that you're working right now, you help with some of the ranger training programs that your um, your state runs. Have you seen some of those like the shared experiences that Colonel Deaton is talking about? How that helps bring, you know, that sense of camaraderie.
2: Uh, definitely I'll give you an example from the All Army Best Warrior competition. Um, our competitors are off on their own schedule doing different events, but we all come back to a staging area. Uh, I came back to a staging area and I saw one of the competitors, a good friend, uh, Steph Sergeant Emery was actually teaching his competition how to do a range card because that particular individual didn't know how to do a range card. Um, so he was, he could have kept his mouth shut and you know had the advantage this guy not getting any points, but he actually took the time to start helping. And then as we started coming in and sitting down next and overhearing what's going on, everyone else started chiming in things. So um, just like Colonel Dean said, even though we're competing against each other, there still is that that the sacrifice we're making, we're all going through it together. We developed a bond and we helped each other out, even in the middle of the competition um, for the, the RSAP, the Ranger Sapper Assessment Program that we run in Pennsylvania. Same thing, we bring everybody in, and we're creating an order merit list, so everyone is competing against each other, um, but they still end up developing that bond, going to that sock together, that they start working together. And as they work together, they actually elevate um, each other's performance. So it's what we're looking for. Um, we need that individual drive, but then that willingness, willingness to be a
0: team player. So that goes into my next question, which was. Um, focused on like the spirit of competition within the within military units as a whole. So outside of the individual competitions and stuff, we have this competitive drive between branches, between specialties, between units, between companies, platoons, whatever. Um, you know, what do you think? Why do you think that is that we have developed this? You know, fostered this spirit of competition amongst each other, and why is it important to the to the unit?
1: Well, as a as a former commander. Uh, I would say that every commander is encouraged to find some sort of uh, productive, competitive uh, event uh, or inspired, friendly competition between organizations or between small units under his command, his or her command, because that elevates the the capabilities and capacities of of everyone. If uh, you know, it's it's always great to. You know, be called the best platoon leader or the best or the best squad leader uh, in the in the organization. But the the reality is that um, by creating those that competitive spirit, you you cause everyone to want to be better, and you create this this sense of camaraderie amongst all those um, th- those organizations. While while they're bettering themselves, which increases unit readiness uh, and uh, the. the the spirit of competition is what really drives that.
0: What about you, Sergeant Freeland? Have you experienced that in some of your units right now?
2: Um, I would say pulling from the best warrior competition. uh, When it was over, we went to the AUSA conference here in DC, and we got to meet a lot of the command structure of the different MACOMs, and there is a lot of competition. Uh, There's always competition between National Guard active component, but even within the active component, there is um, a lot of uh, pride in the, the different maycom so uh, just like Colonel Dean was saying if they want to be the best and in doing so they up their game basically like the National Guard when we trained for Best Ranger um, like Colonel Dean said they started a program to help make us more successful so that upped our our training upped our game. Um, Ranger regiment on posts, all we were doing. They stepped up their game, that sort of thing. There's a, the constant it is the battle to be the best, but in doing so, all you're doing is forcing everyone else to step up their game. So as a whole, the collective, everybody gets better with this drive to be the best.
1: And to to add on to that is that once once you once you create that competitive spirit and, and you you will recognize those that have more capacity or capability or are the, the best. Uh, those people actually develop the skills to teach their their subordinates and their peers, similar to what Sir Friedline talked about he, his experience during the Best Warrior competition. Um, my experience with, with those that are uh, at the top of their game want everyone else to be at the top of the game with them, and they're willing to take the time and effort to ensure that they pass along all the lessons they've learned through competition to to the, their peers and subordinates that have not had that opportunity yet. So even though competition and an individual's uh, participation in that competition may seem selfish as a, on the surface, uh, it, yeah. the, the outcome is that those lessons learned, that experience is actually spread throughout the force. Uh, so that goes back to you know, the, the best ranger competition or the best tank crew and the Solomon Cup. Uh, anecdotally, I can tell you, uh, having been involved with uh, the, the train-up for the Sullivan Cup, which the Army Guard won also, I think, in 2016, um, that tank crew's battalion, once they returned, their gunnery scores across the organization increased exponentially in the next two years because that tank crew was able to share all of the lessons they learned during the competition and the train-up for that competition uh, to and spread that knowledge. And I think if you look back at all of the organizations that have um, invested the time with their soldiers to allow them to, to pursue these competitions, that you would find that same level of organizational improvement across the board um, when they returned to the organization and shared those experiences, share those lessons learned and, and motivated that next generation of competitors to perpetuate that, um, that greatness.
0: Well, and that goes right into what something you said sir. there, sir, goes into something that Sergeant Friedland and I were talking about earlier related to the motivation behind why he was, you know, competed for the best warrior competition, right, and how it was, uh, you know, really motivated by wanting to be the best soldier he could be versus not, like, obviously you want to win, but, like, it wasn't solely motivated by this, I just want to win this competition. It was motivated by this... Uh, you know sense to just be the best you could be at whatever your tasks were they're giving you and I feel like that goes in back to exactly what you're saying sir about building you know readiness essentially within your units by using these subject matter experts
2: Absolutely. like in our state the ranger sapper assessment program it was put together by first sergeant Troy Conrad who has been a, uh, a competitor and has done well for the National Guard so he took his experience from that it also his experience from um, being a range regiment but use that to create this program to again share that that wealth to have pa guardsmen at least more successful at ranger school because before then they were just having a very very hard time getting ranger graduates now uh first sergeant conrad bringing that knowledge again like i said it helps spread it so
0: so then that brings me to my next question which was on like intrinsic versus extrinsic uh motivators right like we know that some people are motivated intrinsically internally by, you know, various factors, and then there's, you know, external motivators as well. You know, what do you think that it is that motivates, you know, soldiers to compete? I know you've hit on some of these things already a little bit, but what are some of those intrinsic and external factors?
1: Well, I think the the, ex, the extrinsic, the, the external factors are the, the, the opportunity, the potential to be recognized for your accomplishments, right? So that's probably the the on the surface, that's probably everyone's example of well I, I want to be named the best ranger I, I want to be uh, you know part of the best tank crew or the best scout squad in the army. Um, but after you start that journey, I, I think I said this earlier, after you start the journey down the path of competing in in these types of events, and there are others across the across the army, um, then you start to internalize what it means to uh, to make yourself better, uh, you start to see and learn all the things you didn't have an opportunity to experience previously, and it's like, oh, I can I can apply this back in my organization as a squad leader, as a platoon leader, um, and then as a as an as a organizational uh, leader, as a commander, either company command or as a battalion commander. What I can tell you is that um, I. Would encourage my, I encouraged my soldiers to go out and, and compete in these, these types of competitions because I, I knew that over time, the, the what some would call selfish motivation to go do this was actually an investment in them as a development tool, and then it would come back and it would pay dividends back in the organization, either by motivating others to also uh, acquire that competitive drive, or by sharing of experiences
0: that would inform them and, and further develop the organization at large. So in hitting on that, sir, again, just following it down that same line of thinking, when you were a Ranger instructor, did you see some of that play out with the Ranger students? So, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people out there that are just like, I just want to go get my Ranger tab, right? But I feel like at some point in the course when it really sucks, like that, that is not a motivator enough to keep you in a course anymore. Um, did you see some of that with your ranger student classes as they came through or what certainly so i I had the benefit of being in the
1: an instructor in the final phase of ranger school so what i saw as an instructor was by and large a cohesive team at the platoon level and typically down to the squad and team level um, that has been that had been forged over 60 nearly 60 days prior of of individual um, embracing the suck uh, as an individual, but then creating the fact that, again, going back to the, everyone's experiencing the same emotional and physical hardship, it builds that camaraderie and that bond where you don't want to see your, your buddy fail. Now, Ranger School is, is not competitive in the sense that if I've got to succeed, or for me to succeed, you, you must not. It's actually everyone need, can succeed together. And uh, going back to the examples that Sergeant Freedline has shared, and, and I think I've mentioned a couple, in the end, the competitive spirit at any of these competitions results in the fact that I want to be the best and I want to succeed, but I want to make sure everyone's there at the finish line along with me, um, and so that it, yeah. it's a camaraderie that, that's created.
0: We, and you went much more recently, Sergeant Friedland, to Ranger School. Picking backing off of that, what do you think, And uh, your experiences there, you know, throughout the phases, did you notice a shift within your platoon or um, from you know that competitive get through rap week and make the cut to the focus on the team as a whole
2: um, I say definitely uh, like you had mentioned sir rap week it was very individual we had those task standards nobody really knew each other yet nobody worked together um, everybody was sucking and they did whatever they could to keep the the cadre's eyes off them and they're very I guess you'd say selfish or more individual driven. And once you got past Rap Week and realized um, that, I, like Dean said, I I need you to get a go with me to help me get my go is when all the teamwork started and the, the bonding and realizing you had to work together um, for everybody had to have that mindset of working together to complete the mission and be successful. Um, we had uh, up in Pennsylvania for the RSAP program, we had the first female um, enlisted guardsman, Sergeant Farber, graduate Ranger School. And that was uh, kind of the mindset we were trying to drive into her is that this is not an individual. This is not a statement for you. You're not here just to prove that a female can do what a male can do. Like we need you to understand the purpose of Ranger School and that by going to Ranger School, it's this leadership school that you are going to learn truths about yourself. So you have empathy and help lead your soldiers. So that's what we. Uh, that's what we're trying to drive drive home that it's it's got to be the mindset, um, not that individual mindset, but that collective mindset that everyone needs to better each other.
1: So, to to kind of piggyback on what he just said, it, it made me think of a, a point that I think is critical, is that when when you go through these difficult competitions, regardless of the type, uh, you're going to be tested to a, a limit you may not have recognized before, and you'll you'll see yourself go beyond that. So as you learn your own limits. Uh, and uh, the fact that you're breaking what you thought you were your own limits, it allows you to more accurately uh, understand and meter how you lead and, and how you far you can push your soldiers uh, to be better themselves because they as a as a, a former competitor, you, you will look back and say, "Well, my my limit. I thought my limit was right here, and I I've broken through that, you know, three or four times over. And and I was just like every other soldier. So you you can know your own personal limitations, uh, and that's what Ranger School does. It helps it Helps you do as a leader is learn learn those, but you you refine those through through different competitions, and you can apply that back to your leadership ability in the in the unit.
0: Well, and I mean. I, I understand that first sir, because I remember going into ranger school, and they would always tell you these stories, you know, about like just no sleep and stuff, and honestly, I thought most of them were like huge exaggerations coming into it, I was like, yeah, you don't get 30 minutes of sleep and go the next day, like that's not, that's not a thing that actually happens, like someone's pulling, <laughs> and then I kept a good journal, and sure enough, first phase of mountains was rough for my platoon, and uh, I was charting and I was like, I was like, man, we slept 15 minutes last night and like 45 tonight. And here we are on day three. I was like, if you asked me before this, I would have said yeah, it's not possible. Um, So I feel like it, like you said, it changes your perspective on like what's realistic and what's not realistic. Absolutely. So going in then and asking sir about and uh, Sergeant Freeland going in and asking about uh, like operationalizing this. So we've talked a little bit about the competitions and like building the, the competitive mindset and building that mindset of cooperation amongst the teams, you know, once you've gone back to your units and the organizations that are going to be doing their jobs within the military, you know, how do you, what's, you know, what's your advice to leaders for like kind of balancing, you know, this act of building, you know, competitiveness and unifying it into cooperation to create a cohesive team?
1: So. At, at the at the battalion level and maybe even at the company level, what as a commander, what I would recommend is that you have to establish that culture uh, of competition, but not to the point where people believe they have to outdo the other to succeed. It's not a zero-sum game. So the competitive competition culture is such that you ensure everyone that works for you understands that you expect them to be their best and you want them to to be their best, but at the same time, they're not, being, they're not being evaluated against one another. And we've had this conversation in counseling. So I told you up front, my, my philosophy on, the, on evaluating people is that make them their best, but I'm not comparing this person against this other, this one lieutenant, this one platoon leader against the other one. I'm, I'm evaluating them based off of the highest standards that the, that the Army has set forth for a, what a leader should do. And if you clearly articulate that as a, as a climate and culture of competition um, to be better, not to be better than your, than your next door platoon, then I think that's one way to set, set the tone uh, to foster that sort of competitive spirit. And I think down at, at the company level, uh, in, in the platoons, and that it's a little bit different.
0: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm assuming you were a squad leader at some point, what, you know, how how did you do that in your squad?
2: In the squad, with a regular an M day unit, it was um, it was at first I was hit with a, a wall almost like not everybody shared the same base motivation that I did, um, and that was something that I had to really work through um, dealing with National Guard soldiers. And right now I'm I'm helping uh, I'm a PSG or Shadow Platoon Sergeant for a unit back out in line right now, along with teaching ALC, and it's same thing running into this mindset. Um, that not everybody has it. So have to find a way to try to get people to develop the mindset that it, yes, you're in the National Guard, it still says US Army on your chest though. Um, so trying to create friendly competitive events, uh, just regular training tasks, but throw a clock on it and have different squads or different teams compete against each other to see who can, you know, get through all the task against standards for that event first sort of thing or who does it more correctly. Just trying to create competitive Competitive events in all the training events, instead of it just being a training event. Um, I'm dragging off. I don't know how to bring this back on. Uh,
1: I can elaborate on. I think what he's saying, and then and kind of the uh, the so what of it uh, from my perspective as a as a battalion commander. So if you create these events where you're driving everyone to their limits or finding out what their what their motivations are and maybe those that don't have the same motivations that you do as a leader you that does something for you as a leader it informs you about what your soldiers what what drives them what motivates them which then allows you to apply empathetic leadership to the as you run the organization objectively but you have to lead at the direct level empathetically you have to be able to uh, you must be able to translate the, the commander's vision or the mission at hand into a, a message that is understandable from that soldier's point of view. And so by driving competition at the individual level, at the, the squad, you, you start learning about your soldiers, what, uh, what motivates them, where they believe their limits are. And having competed yourself previously, you know how to drive or not drive coach and mentor that soldier to go beyond their their limits that they have established for themselves mentally and that's through empathetic leadership uh, which is derived from uh, understanding what the soldiers uh, can do based off the competitive spirit you em- employ in the squad does
0: that
2: help that does sir okay i mean
0: that brought, that brought some really good point you were talking about about like uh you know what i what i got from that was you were saying like you're pushing, you're creating the competitive environment to evaluate, essentially, the capabilities of whatever the unit is, but you're also, on the back end, you're also learning about Mm -hmm. the priorities, I guess, in some respects, of, like, the individual soldiers within that unit. Sure. How does, uh, you know, how have you used that, or how have you used that, and how has that changed as you went up, like, because you were enlisted soldier First and then an officer, all, all like you've done like every job there is in the military. Alone. So, uh,
1: my um, my approach to leadership has definitely changed over the years. So when I was a staff sergeant, uh, in the second, and then and then as a ranger instructor, um, it was it was very. I expected everyone to meet my 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 expectations of what you know a a ranger or an infantryman or. Uh, a paratrooper or a soldier was, and I drove my soldiers to to try to emulate that. Um, Looking back, it was not necessarily always the right, it was not always the best approach, depending on the soldier at hand. My thinking on that has matured over the years, obviously, um, where I've realized, uh, as i become a company commander, and and honestly, it wasn't until I had my opportunity to have a second company command that I started to clearly see this, that the objective standard you can hold for the organization um, is, is, one, is a goal you can establish for everyone. And some soldiers will, will meet that goal of whatever, whatever height you have um, of their own accord because they're, they're motivated similarly to how you are. There are other soldiers who, as Sergeant Freeline said, have different motivations or do not, do not value that motivation that you have, and so you have to you have to uh, learn how to approach them to provide that purpose, direction, motivation that leaders are supposed to do. And so, I I think at the at the platoon level and below, that direct leadership uh, in creating a competitive environment or spirit, I should say, not the environment, a comp- competitive spirit amongst the your your crew, or your squad, or your or your uh, platoon allows you to to um, Influence and learn about each soldier and how to make them better um, as you go along. At the level I'm at now, uh, as a a former battalion commander, um, that becomes more difficult because now I'm trying to um, create a, I'm trying to help company commanders understand the same thing I just articulated uh, and apply that to their next level. But each of those company commanders is differently motivated as well. So each permutation of what I just explained, from from my perspective, uh, is applied differently at, at every company, which is not a bad thing. Um, it actually it creates that diversity of thought in an organization that you really want to find out or want, want to have and, and and foster. So that's the other thing. You know, as we tease out what the spirit of competition really means, uh, we're, I think. Uh, we can kind of find out that that actually can lead to um, understanding the, the diversity of your organization as you go along.
0: Well, and that leads into another question I have for both of you, because because I, I, mean, I know you're AGR soldier now, um, but you spent time as M-day soldier, and and the majority of the forces, and so you know the military is kind of this unique, you know, environment, right? You know you have this sense of camaraderie and brotherhood within the military that doesn't exist in a lot of civilian workplaces to the same degree What is um, you know, how does this spirit of competition that we've been talking about and? You know this the spirit of cooperation, you know, that's coming out of that help You know translate to the civilian world for you know soldiers that are that are serving in a traditional status
2: I would say um well, like most anything, what you learn in the military or in the army, um, you learn your job-specific skills, but then you also learn as squad leaders or, or team leaders or even officers, you learn how to manage people. And I think you can take that, um, what you've learned and how to manage people, and you can apply it to most any civilian job. Like you, you're not going to necessarily fire, you know, an M4 in a civilian job, but working with people and getting them to achieve, uh, like Colonel Dean said, like a goal, an organizational goal, um, I think you learn that when you compete, you refine your ability to do that, and so you can take that and apply it when you get out to a civilian side.
1: I, I would agree with that. I was gonna say the very same thing, that you're, you're, when you compete or you create a, a uh, environment that's, uh, or climate that, that encourages competition, mm-hmm. it, it allows you to, um, to to learn how to Coach, teach, and mentor. So you learn how to coach yourself or coach others through through competition, and, and mentor the that person or persons to, to become better. I think that's directly translatable to civilian employment, um, um, anywhere you go.
0: So we've talked a little bit about the spirit of competition and cooperation. You know, with Ranger School, with you know, regular military environment. Those two things are, by the very nature. Uh, Opposing forces, right? Like the competitive spirit versus the cooperative spirit. But yet, the military has managed to, you know, mash those two things together to create a high-functioning environment. You know, what? You know, how does that work within the military, and why is it so effective?
1: You want to talk at the at the platoon level, company level?
2: Say, um, well, most of the competitions that the army does run, they're usually never individual. Um, like best ranger competition, you're with a buddy, Uh, the Ganey Cup, it's a whole squad, Sullivan, 10 crews. Um, So I think that those competitions are, yes, they're competitive, but they're training you to work together and be cooperative, like you're saying. Um, For like the best warrior competition, yes, it is individual, but even at the all army stage, the first phase of it it was um, we were actually all together as an element doing a patrol together so it forced us to work together and um, cooperate together to even get to you know the other individual events so um, i don't and like i mentioned earlier even if you have one organization competing against another organization all that's doing is forcing each other to work harder to be better eventually so it's that you know iron sharpens iron sort of thing um So I I don't think that the competitions are designed to make people um, only think of individualistic goals. I think it does force, it. it is individual competition, but it forces the cooperation you're talking about by everybody having to work together to get better. So like even in myself, I had the the backing of my command help train me. Other people were involved in training me to make me be successful at the competitions. Same thing with Best Ranger. You have so many resources pulled to help make these people better. And in doing so, it, it. it opens eyes to uh, either training pitfalls or resource requests, things for the organization itself. So everybody is learning from it. Even when you do fail, you've learned from that failure. So um, I, I do wholly believe that the competitions do breed excellence and cooperation.
0: Well, and sir, do you want to kind of add on that, but talk a little bit about the, like, the mindset piece of it internally? Sure,
1: so um, I, w- I would argue that, that the the idea that the comp- a competition and cooperative spirit are are opposing forces is probably probably correct for the fact that you build a team through shared experiences uh, and shared experiences that are, I think I've said this before, emotionally or physically demanding um, are, are some of the, the most they produce some of the best uh, outcomes some of the best lessons learned and if you if you have a a group of a group of people that are competing against each other teams or, or not uh, they had that same shared experience um, and over time they they again they they, they leave behind that that self interest to a degree and they want to see everyone succeed through this difficult task um, it's quite honestly it's honestly it's it's Detracts from the spirit of competition if you get to the finish line and there are very few left mm-hmm. uh, You're you're proud of yourself for being one of the ones that finished obviously, but uh, at the same time you 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 fail you feel like uh, Maybe you could have done more for for those that were going through it to, to help you to help them go through which Sergeant Freeland alluded to earlier some of his um, his anecdotes
0: you you hit on a really good point there sir and, well, and Sergeant Friedland both on like how you how the military competitions are focused a lot of times on Team success right and like even if it is an individual competition. I mean I Can't think of a time where I ran some sort of military race And we didn't run back to go find people that were farther behind the race than you and and run up with them Right, and so you know what is it within? the United States Army that creates this environment, this co- team cohesion environment that really doesn't exist in a lot of you know civilian marketplaces.
1: So it's something you, uh, I'll start with this, it's something you've heard me say before. The uh, the Army is a team sport and you come into the Army as an individual and the part of the the outcomes of initial entry training is to uh, in, inculcate you into the army culture and instill and, and the army values so if you if you if that's successful then you become part of the army team and whether you are a military police officer or an infantryman or a cook it, it's irrelevant you're still part of the army team and you may go into a competition as as a an individual and be from a from a different background a different experience in, in the military lifestyle but uh in the end you're all part of that same team and that sort of uh again uh, you have a shared identity um, you have a shared experience through the competition itself which is unique to that group so the the marines like to say they're the few the proud they, they keep a very small force and they're they're all marines the the army is is quite a large organization comparatively and so we have what from an outside, looks like a bunch of different specialties. You have an airborne unit here, or a ranger unit there, or tankers there, which, be, from the outside, again, looks very cliqueish. And uh, and there is some competition in between the different branches. Um, so, but it's all friendly co- competition meant to make the other better. So while I'm I may uh, I may come from a different background, a different experience when you create a shared set of experience you build that that next team together so that's what competitions um, kind of do they they actually span the the different backgrounds and experiences across the army and the guard all components they span those those experiences and bring a collective group of of individuals or individual teams together and give them another shared experience which also allows you to uh, to understand better your, your, your competitor or you know, the, the soldier the the different team to your left and your right. Uh, so I think that the, the, comp- the competitive spirit that we're talking about here is, is really a, a part of a continuum of Army service uh, and that in the end it actually creates a much stronger uh, whole, whole force uh, as opposed to just a better individual.
0: Well, and you hit on something, sir, that reminded me of what Sergeant Friedman said earlier in the interview, you know, related to Ranger School, which is is the one thing that I can relate with here, you know, a little bit, and that is, like, you you need those people around you, you know. So, it, it, you know, it doesn't matter if I can get a go on every patrol. If the rest of the team can't get a go, then we're not going to be successful. Um, and, and to me, that that's to me, like, it, it stood out to me. And with what you just said is like as soon as you know when i went through ranger school they they told you if you had to go or not it's probably not the case when you went through sir. but uh
1: i, I went through before you were born so <laughs> uh-huh.
0: so um but i felt like you know for us it was it, it it motivated the team because we knew who who was passing you know and who wasn't passing and, and like it motivated the team like okay we got to get this guy let's go like he's 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 up now like And it became like a team-based effort. I don't know if you experienced any of that when you were going through that program. Or... Uh,
2: when I went to Rancho No, they weren't telling us whether or not we were a go or not. We had holdovers who were very, uh, they knew how to translate what the RIs told you, so they would tell you if you were a go or not. Um, but there was, there was some clear-cut cases where you kind of, people knew if they weren't. And we did that very thing where, hey, we've got to really help this guy. Like, team leaders stepped up to really help them get to go. Um, I think uh, like with the competitions themselves, they're all designed to showcase our lethality. So mm-hmm. our goal should be to try to have as many people be successful in the competition. Cause like, if I'm the only one, like if we use Best runner for example, if our team is the only one across the finish line who made it all the way through, like to me, um, it doesn't make me feel confident in the army as a whole. Like I would want more people to be able to finish it, to showcase like, hey, as a force, we are very capable. And I think that's the way most of the competitions are designed. Like you want to know that we have a very lethal force.
0: That's a really good point. So, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming today and sharing some of your unique experiences related both to competition and like from the leader development side as well. Hey, thanks for having us. It was a great, great conversation. I appreciate it.
2: Thank you for having me. It's always great.
0: If you would like more information on any of the topics discussed today, please visit us at our social media pages in the links below. Tune in to Leaders Recon over the next few weeks as we bring in today's leaders and pioneers to discuss their experiences, share their wisdom, and help you grow as a leader. We will also be announcing opportunities for you to sharpen your skills and expand your toolbox as a member in today's Army National Guard. See you next time. If you liked today's episode, please don't forget to subscribe below and leave us a five-star review. You can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.